Hey, welcome to the Lifehouse Newport News podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring life change through Christ to all people. And we believe that happens when people say yes to Jesus, do life together, get in the game, and leave a legacy. We hope this podcast inspires and challenges you to grow in your faith. Subscribe to ensure you don't miss a single episode and share it with someone you know who may need it. Again, thank you for joining us today. Now let's get to this week's episode. us through Forrest Gump. What can God speak to us through this this guy that was not expected to do anything with his life, but lived an absolutely insane, uncommon life? What can we learn? I I want to give you, not shockingly, three three thoughts today (laughs) about what we can learn through this movie Forrest Gump. The first thing's this. You can't control your circumstances, but you can control your response. Here's the thing. If anybody had the right to be a victim, it was Forrest. Low IQ, no father in in the home, physical handicap, learning disability. You typically, in our culture, put all four of those things together, and it is a, a... tornado of disappointment many times it does not end well and if any like i said if anyone had the right to blame if anyone had the had the right to say my life is going to go in this direction because of the hand that i have been dealt it was forrest but what i love is you don't see forrest doing this you don't see him saying well i have these circumstances therefore i it's going to dictate my response you know it's crazy in scripture one of the things you see that paul when he was describing the fruits of the holy spirit essentially somebody the fruit of somebody that is that that is filled with the holy spirit of god one of those fruits that shows as you're filled with god's spirit is you have the gift of self-control essentially saying you have the power to decide can you say this with me i have a choice You have a choice, and for some of you, this is actually going to be the step of breaking generational curses, of realizing the power is actually, especially as as a Christ follower, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, one of the things he gives you with is the ability to have self-control, in other words, the ability to make choices that that are God-honoring and benefit you, instead of giving in and saying, This is what I have been dealt. And for some of you, this is your reality. You look at the hand you have been dealt, and you can honestly say, compared to this and that and the other thing, this person, that person, the hand that I have been dealt with is not the best. Maybe you have a learning disability. Maybe you've got a physical handicap. Maybe you've got this generational cycle of growing up in homes that are built on addictions and and the cycle of divorce and relationships or this next man coming in, next girl coming in, and it's just been insane, and you've gone into that same pattern, and you've even said, this is just, it is what it is because this is what I've been given. But, but, but what I want to encourage you with is this thought. You can't control that, but you can control you. You have the power to control, not because you're great, not because you're God, but because he's given you as his follower, his spirit to be inside of you, to cultivate as you follow him. He gives you the ability then to have choice. It's so funny. We can say, I want 
freedom. And what that means is you want to do what you want to do, and typically whenever you do what you want to do, you end up doing exactly what you don't want to do. It's like, I want freedom to do whatever. And you have that freedom, and then you are enslaved. I want the freedom to drink. Now you can't stop. I want the freedom to date and be with Yeah, well, now you can't just sit with one. It's crazy how when you shout for freedom, what that can sometimes lead to is enslavement. So here's the thing, though. We have a proclivity inside of us, just, just to let you know. There's, there's a root why so many of us, instead of taking responsibility, we want to blame. And it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. Sometimes to know why you are the way you are, you have to get to the root. And when you go back to the root of humanity, many of you know this story, but it's Genesis 1, Genesis 2. God creates. He creates the world. He creates people. He creates relationships, marriage. He says, be fruitful multiply he put them in his garden with so much to satisfy them there was one tree god said that one's off standard of course satan comes and says "Ooh, that's the tree you need and god's being mean because he doesn't want you to have that tree god actually is holding something back from you did god really say that and what does adam and eve end up doing they end up eating from the tree god said the one tree probably millions of trees but God said, nope, that, you know, because that's y'all, but that's not their story. That's our story. It's crazy because that God doesn't want me to have any fun. And it's like, well, he's given you a place if, if you want to be satisfied sexually. He's called that marriage. Where, where you think you just get more and more from other places when actually it's found in God's design. But here's the thing. Genesis chapter 3, he goes in and Adam and Eve eat the apple and then starts the blame game. Because God, see, here's the thing, right? Let's go and read Genesis 3. He says, he, he's, he's asking him a question. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And the man replied, well, it was, it was the woman. It's crazy woman, God. And then he doesn't just blame the woman. He blames God who gave the woman. So he blames his spouse and he blames God. Well, God, it's your fault. God. It's this woman you gave me, right? But then, too, it doesn't just stop there. The woman's like, oh, <laughs> blaming me? Uh, it was not me. It was the devil, right? And don't people love to blame the devil? It was the devil. So you had the blame game going on. He said, what you've done, see, the serpent deceived me. That's why I ate. Here's the thing. The blame game is something, unfortunately, we, are, we have this proclivity towards. But here's the thing, as followers of Jesus, we don't blame because we follow the example of Jesus, who if anybody had the right to blame anybody or to blame something, it was him. But Jesus took responsibility. He, he did not say, well, these people are crucifying me and I made them. I'm not going to die for them. No, he got up on the cross and said, I will even bear the responsibility of something that wasn't my fault. And as a follower of Jesus, that is what we're called to do. Yes, some of you, unfortunately, you've been dealt bad hands. You have been dealt hands that are heartbreaking, but if it was put in the same movie as Forrest would move our hearts just as much. But what I want to encourage you with, and maybe even start, start the change within you today, is to say you do not have to be a slave. You do not have to not feel like you don't have a choice. You can change. Because the same spirit that was in Jesus Christ when he raised from the dead is within you. And one of the fruits that the spirit of God gives you is the fruit of self-control. 
It's even found in that word responsible. Response, able. You are able to respond. And here's the thing. I think I don't find myself as having many things that I can have a good authority to speak on most of the time. But I did just as an example in my life where I can honest, honestly say, if I wanted to run from the call of God, I'd have a good excuse. Hey, do you want me to preach? Okay, yeah, I stutter. Now, I know what some of y'all, well, John, you don't stutter that bad. John, it's, it's not that bad. When you, when you get up there, you go. You weren't there 14 years ago. You want me to show you some of my previous sermons? See, what y'all see now is probably some confidence, some boldness, some maturity, some some trains of thought. You weren't there 14 years ago when I, was, when I was out in front of my apartment at my first youth pastor position looking up into the sky and cursing God because I could barely get up on a daggone mic and, and stage and speak intelligible words because of just, I could not speak. So what you're seeing right now is a lot of work, is a lot of Practice, like, you know, it's saying, it's like, I, I just didn't expect me to just, okay, God, heal me. I've prayed it all the time. God, heal me. But do you know what has, what has got me to this point is me working in partnership with him, of me doing speech therapy, of me trying to say, where are my, where are my pressure points? So when I hit a pressure point, I find it. Is it my throat? Is it my mouth? Is it my lips? Is it my teeth? Is it my tongue? Where is it? And working through those words. It, it, I prayed for God to heal it. I could have just, you know, gone back to just, my, to just my circumstances and just said, well, it is what it is. I'm not gonna preach. I'm gonna go and be a bread delivery truck driver, which honestly, I would love to do that. So if you're a bread truck delivery driver, hey, I would love to do that. Listen to Sports Talk Radio all day, drop off bread, Drive, five o'clock, clock out, you're done. I would love that, to be honest. But here's the thing. All I'm saying is, by God's grace, I let the call dictate instead of the circumstance. And what I would encourage you and challenge you to do, it's probably not going to be pretty as you shift from this victim mentality and you have to, to cope with and think through and work through the hand you have been dealt, the mindsets that have been passed, passed down to you, the relational cycles that have been, been given to you, the, uh, the addictions that you struggle with that you didn't even want but you picked up in your home. It's, it's going to take time, but at the same time, you can have a choice to say the cycle stops with me. And I know as I battle through fear, as I battle through my challenges, I can then hand down to my sons and say, you are, not, you are not a victim of your circumstance. This is what happens, but you have a choice. Are you here in my heart today? If you blame and don't take responsibility, you also give away the power to change. And that is the thing. When, when you blame, you're giving away your power. Because when you take responsibility and say, I did not deserve this, but this is my reality, then you can say, but I also have the power with the help and the power and spirit of God to walk through this. Some things God doesn't deliver you from, he delivers you through it. And for so many people, you, you're, you're, you're praying good prayers. You're like, God, please take this away. God, take this away. And I can almost hear God saying, but that's what's going to grow you. That's what's going to grow you. 
So just make sure. I mean, I've prayed, God, heal my stutter, heal, heal my speech. Let me not have bad days. And I pray he does it one day. But until he does, you're going to find me working. You're going to find me partnering with God to see the healing that I desire. Don't let your circumstances dictate to you. Now, here's the second thing, though. And this might sound counter, counter whatever. But your past can, will, and does affect you. And that's what this movie so powerfully shows us. You know how sometimes you can watch movies? First time I saw Forrest Gump, I was 10. Like, I don't know why my dad would show a 10-year-old that movie. I'll just be honest with you. Dad, why would you show a 10-year-old that movie? Just, I, I, don't, I don't know. But he took me to see it in the theater. That was <clears throat> 28 years ago. Oh. Yes, 28 years ago. Like, I'm old. I'm old. But it's crazy watching it now or watching it then and watching it, it now. And I can look at Jenny's life. Like, you know Jenny. You can look at her life, and there's so many things. As I watch this later on in life, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like that one scene where she comes to her home. Her and Forrest, they get back together. They're walking, and they come, and they see. They walk back to, a, and they, they walk back to her childhood home. And there's this, like, holy moment where, they, where she looks at it. The camera cuts, cuts right to the house. And it's like she has this realized this moment. This is why my life has been how it's been. She has this, this, this revelation. The pain that I was given, I have transmitted. And that's the thing about pain. If your pain isn't transformed, we will most assuredly transmit it. Pain that is not dealt with will be handed down. And some of you have been the ones that have been handed it. The thing is this with pain. Pain is inevitable. Like that's what religions try to make sense of, even Christianity. Why is there suffering? Why is there hurting? Why is there brokenness? If God is so good, why is there so much fill in the blank? And the thing is this, right? We can try to talk about it. We can try to spiritualize it. We can try to scripturalize it. We can try, but there are just some things on this side of heaven that we will just not have clear answers on. I cannot tell you why bad things happen to good people. But let me just share this with you. None of us are really good people because we've all sinned against God. I'm, I'm just saying, okay? You're judging that on your standard of good, not God's. Just throwing that out there. But, but the thing is, why do bad things happen? But the thing is this, it's, it's, it's not what happens, it's what you do with what happens. And there comes a point where, you're, where, where you, you acknowledge your pain you don't stuff it. You don't defend it. You don't just, oh, that didn't, because Christians are so good at that. Oh, just, you know, this, shall, this too shall pass. And they feel like they're quoting the Bible. That's not in the Bible. I hate to bust your bubble. I hate to feel like you've been quoting scripture to somebody, but this too shall pass is not in the Bible. That is a culturally made word to help with a good heart. It minimizes someone's pain. Okay. So that, that's why we need to say, okay, okay like, acknowledge your pain. We're, you know, it's like, don't, don't be afraid to work through it. But there comes a point where you have to stop asking, why did this happen, and switch the question to three other questions. God, what do you want to do with this? 
How do you want to use this? And who do you want me to minister to for my pain? And that's how pain is transformed. That's how pain is transformed, and so it's not transmitted. So if you don't adequately walk through your pain and your trauma and all of those things, then, the, then you will inevitably, it will lash out to you, and unfortunately, it will lash out to those that are closest to you. And, and so that is why, like, you, you've got to be okay with saying you can follow Jesus and have a therapist. The church has failed at this because we can think, okay, you come up to the altar, you get prayed for, you get healed, and, and it's like you're just, you know, you have no other struggles. And what I have seen is for most people, God can heal, he will heal, he wants to heal, and take away desires and take away this, that, and the other thing. But sometimes, here's the thing, most of the time, God will work with you to see the change you want to see happen. There's a work that God does in you, and there's a work that God does for you. The work that God does for you is what you could not do for yourself. And that was Jesus Christ coming and living a perfect sinless life and dying in your place and for your sin and resurrecting on the third day and defeating Satan, sin, and death. You could not do that, y'all. Y'all ain't perfect. Y'all ain't raising from no dead. Y'all ain't doing none of that. So therefore, you needed someone to do that for you so you can be in right relationship with God. And that's what your brother Jesus did. And he paved the way. He did a work for you so you can be in right relationship. And there's a work he, Jesus does for you. And then there's a work, here's the other word, a work that Jesus does in you. One is instant, one is continual. Meaning what Jesus did for you, you accept that by grace, through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. It is received, not achieved. But the work that Jesus does in you is continual. It will happen till the day you die. The Christian word for that, the big theological word, is sanctification. Whereas you start to follow Jesus, you are on this journey of being sanctified, of being transformed into the image of Jesus. And that takes a while. That's where you work. That's, that's why Paul said, keep in step with the Spirit. As the Spirit fills you, the Spirit will lead. And you need to keep in step with it, right? You need to... With it. This is called white boy dancing right here. This is called white boy wedding dancing. Right? Tell me what's time. Tell me what's time. Damn. You know, it's like, see, it's like, but you keep in step with the spirit. The spirit fills you and the spirit leads you and you keep in step with it. I find it fascinating. There was this one story in John chapter 9 in, in the Bible where Jesus does this weird thing. He had this guy that was blind, and people were saying, why was this man born blind? Did his parents sin? Did he do something to this? And Jesus said, nope, it's because the glory of God wanted to be revealed to everybody around him through this man. And do you know what Jesus does? I'd be thinking Jesus is going to take someone, put his hand on his head. Haba, shaba, haba, be healed. That's what I would think, because he's done that in different ways. He did that in different places. Do you know what Jesus does? He spits in the ground. We can't be doing that in COVID days. It says he spit in the ground and made a saliva. And people in COVID days be like, I don't want your healing, Jesus. I'm good. I'll get glasses. 
right? But, <laughs> but Jesus, he makes this, this salve stuff and rubs it on the man's eyes. Can you imagine being an onlooker? This rabbi, Coco for Coco, Coco for whatever, Coco, Coco, Puffs, whatever. This dude's crazy. Rubs eyes. And then I find it fascinating. That is not what healed him. Do you know what Jesus told him? Go and wash. In other words, participate in your healing. I will provide the way and the path and tell you what to do, but will you actually step into it and participate in your healing? And it says he went and he washed and he could see and the Pharisees were ticked. People were amazed. But what I love about that story is Jesus did not just heal him on the spot. He said, I want to work in conjunction with you doing something along to see your healing happen. And the thing is this, right? You are, you, you are not responsible. Like your pain is real. It, it, it is there. And some of you love Jesus. You're saved and struggling. You're saved and wounded. You are saved and hurt. And you, you know, you even come and sing songs. Oh, you know, you know when we call your name. You know, it's like you're singing all this stuff, but inside you still feel, and you're like, God, why am I still hurting when I'm singing? Why am I doing this? And, you, and, and, and it's because there's a work he did for you that saved your soul, that put you in heaven, that put you in right relationship with him. But then there's a work that he is going to do in you that will last the rest of your life. But for it to happen, you have to work in partnership with him. And what, I, and what I want to say is that journey can look different for everybody. For some of you, that will look like getting a Christian therapist, a therapist, just somebody to help you walk through your trauma, walk through your pain, to help you rethink areas and situations in your life that you have walked through and walked in, and you need someone to help you take those things and sort those things out and help you reframe them so you aren't living, you're, you, you acknowledge the past, but you're not living in it, and you're not living from it. For some of you, that's what I say. I hate to put a right prescription because everyone's so different. But what I want to say is actively seek to get your hurt dealt with because pain that is not transformed by the spirit and power of God will be transmitted, and it will be transmitted mostly to those closest to you. And we can see that in the life of Jenny. Man, I'm hot. The second thing, the, the last thing here. God, like, one of the things that Forrest Gump shows me, God's love is relentless. Because honestly, when I look at Forrest Gump and his love for Jenny, like watching that movie, I'm like, why would he like her? I know he's not special. I, I, I know he's not all crazy. He's Forrest Gump. But I'm like, dude, there must be someone else out there. There must be somebody else out there that will like you. But what you see is in, the, in, in Jenny's confusion, in Jenny's chaos, in the insanity and pain and hurt of her, her life, Forrest's love for her was the consistent force. Where whenever she needed to go home, she went home, and guess who was there waiting? Forrest. 
Did Forrest look at her? Well, where have you been? And why have you left me? And why did you? You my girl. You my girl. You, you my girl. And it was just like, it, it just reminded me of God's love. Because the fact is, we're Jenny. We're Jenny. We're the inconsistent. We are the, what have you done for me lately, God? God, you hurt me. And then, oh, God, I love you. I need help. <laughs> I got this test. I got this job that looks really good, you know? We are Jenny. And Forrest is like God's love. It is relentless. Even one theologian called God the God's love, like the hound of heaven. Meaning that, like, you can run from him, but you cannot hide from his love. You can run far and wide, but his love is like a wave that keeps coming and crashing and going, and it is consistent. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 19 when he says this. Do we got verse 1? There we go. This is what it says. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and the world to all the world. Let me tell you what the psalmist here is saying. The world is shouting at you, God is here and I'm real, and I love you, and I am relentless, and you can try to go somewhere, but wherever you go, my voice is heard. Wherever you go, the message is clear. You are fully known by God and fully loved by him. If that is not good news, family, I don't know what is. Can we give God a shout of praise right now? Come on. I love what St. Augustine said, one of the old-time saints, he said this, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And some of you have been trying to find love and acceptance in all the wrong places. Like you have a genuine love for Jesus, but you've got this warped view of thinking it is some transactional thing where you do these and then God will love you. When, because that's the way every human relationship you've had has been. When that is not how God's love works, it is not do enough good and then you achieve the love of God. It's you are already loved. Therefore, because of his love being so powerful and true and real, you respond with, I receive it. And it is you receiving it that then your response is, I will give up anything to get this love. I will change anything. It's, it's, it's this response that says, I surrender because your love is so real and true. And y'all, that is the good news of the gospel. That is the, the heart behind God's love being 
relentless. Creation is speaking. It's yelling. I'm here. I'm real. I want you. I want to be in relationship with you. And that is the heart of God. And you can see this playing out in Forrest and Jenny's relationship. When she goes off and goes and parties, he's home waiting. When, when she goes off and goes to this movement and that movement, she's there waiting. Or, or excuse me, Forrest Gump is just there waiting. You my girl, I love you. Will you marry me? Like he's saying, I love you. And for some of you today, you've been trying to find home in all the wrong places. And today, God is saying to you, it's time to come home. And home is his love. And he is seeking after you. You know, I, I never really understood this until I lost my son at Bush Gardens. Anyone else ever done that except us bad parents? Where, you know, Chris and I, we were there. We had one son at the time. Jackson was like three. And we were like, you know, we were in uh, Sesame Street land, Elmo land, and chilling. You know, it's kind of in that, that playground area. We're chilling. Next thing you know, Jackson ain't nowhere to be found. And it kind of starts off like, where you at, buddy? Where you at? Then you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> He's not here. So you kind of do the, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of got that frantic parent thing going on, you know. And then after a little while, then it comes to outright panic. Where is the one that I love? He is lost. He is not near me. He's not in my love. So then that's when the, the switch flips to we become reckless parents. I don't care what y'all think. My son is lost. Be shut up, lady. You know, it's like you got an attitude. <laughs> I would never do that, though. I'm a pastor. <laughs> never do that. But it's like, yeah, you are just like, you literally become reckless. And that song, Reckless Love, do you, do you guys know that song? It never made sense to me until that happened. That's why God's love can sometimes be deemed as reckless. Because when he knows someone he created and loved is lost, he will do anything to get them. That's when you hear Jesus talking about these different parables, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. His heart is for the lost. So if you are lost today, his heart is breaking and wants you to come home today. You cannot escape the love of God. I love what Paul said. He said this, and I am convinced, everyone say convinced, that nothing, everyone say nothing, can separate us from God's love. Well, John, you know, did Paul really mean that? Neither death nor life, angels, demons, fears for today, worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Paul could write this because this was his story. Turned his back on God. Going to kill Christians. On the way to kill Christians, Jesus meets him. Knocks him off his proverbial high horse. Blinds him. And Jesus says, I got the plan for you, buddy. I know you've been planning to murder my followers, but now the murderer is going to be the missionary. 
the murderer is going to be the one going out and saying, I used to be this, but look what God has done. God loves you so he could write this because this was his story. For some of you today, this is the story God wants to write in your life today. The love of God is relentless. It's here and it is for you no matter how far you've run, no matter how much COVID has punched you in the face and you've run away from him and the church. His love is here. It is relentless. It is not coercive. It is not manipulative. It is simply here saying, I want you. Stop trying to achieve God's love. And here's the key word, simply receive it. This is the good news, friends. Simply receive it. Stop trying to achieve what you've already been given. Stop trying to achieve or earn what's already free. Receive his love today. I believe there are some people in this room. You need to receive it. Can you stand up with me today? We're going to close. Thank you again for joining us today. If you need prayer, have any questions about what you just heard, or said yes to Jesus, please reach out to us at lifehousenn.com or text 757-690-2401. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you and help guide you through the next step in your faith journey. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us next Sunday online or in person. For service times, visit lifehousenn.com.